number of years ago, there was a law and order program and the bad guys captured the good guys, and, uh, <laughs> which often happens, and they also took this woman hostage. hostage. And about to, as about to be killed, the woman starts to scream hysterically, and the hero tells her to keep quiet and says, come on, let's get through this with dignity. And it was, didn't have to get through with dignity because they got rescued. More important than getting through something with dignity is to get through life right with God. And that really is the message of Easter. It's not how you die, but it's being right with God when you die. When you pass from this life, make sure you have no regrets. Make sure there's not someone you should have forgiven that you haven't. Make sure there's nothing you've left undone. Because the next breath's not guaranteed to anybody. And so you want to go to bed tonight being able to say, I'm right with God and with man. Is there an amen in the house for that? It's so important. So, so important. I'm right with God and I'm right with man. That's just an extra thought. It's not actually in my sermon, right? But I think God's speaking to some people right now. You've got to die right with God and right with man. So important. So really important. We always think we've got plenty of time to sort things out. We have not got plenty of time. Life passes in a whisper. Anyway, Jesus didn't have the privilege of dying with dignity. He didn't. In fact, uh, he died a death so cruel that the Romans would never allow one of their own to be crucified. It was so humiliating and so bad. Isaiah 54.2 basically tells us by the time Jesus was crucified, you barely recognize him. He was beaten and bruised so badly. So he didn't have the privilege of dying with dignity, but he died with courage. He died with faith. He died with love. He died with majesty. So we're going to look at the last of the five five of the last seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. So the next one is found in John 19, 26 to 27. Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. Gosh, I want you to think about this for a moment. Here's Jesus. He's actually dying on a cross. He's suffering. is so intense and so painful, it's almost hard to believe. And yet in the, at that moment... He's thinking of someone else. He's thinking of his mother. And the history would, or commentators would tell us that uh, Joseph, his, uh, Mary's husband, was older than him. He had died, and Jesus, as the eldest son, was now looking after, uh, looking after the business and looking after Mary. So now that Jesus is about to go, Mary would be concerned about her future. Who's going to look after me? And so Jesus is concerned about this in the midst of his pain. And so looking at John, he says, John, behold your mother. And at Mary, he says, behold your son. And from that time on, John looked after Mary. And what gets me here in this part of, this part of the story or this part of the death of Jesus on the cross is what an example to us to not allow our own distress to desensitize us to the needs of others around us. Jesus in his moment of greatest pain is still ministering to other people. And one of the things I 
have loved to see about Church Unlimited over the years is I know there are so many even sitting here today and maybe online and you're, you're, you're suffering greatly in your life and yet you're still reaching out to others. I just wanna say thank you. You know who you are and some people here carry incredible suffering, not just for a few weeks, months, but for decades and yet they still minister to other people. If that is you, on behalf of Jesus, if I can say so, thank you so very, very much. The heart of Jesus, not only concerned about Mary, but right now he's concerned about you. He's thinking about you. He knows everything that's going on in your life. He knows every challenge you're facing. He knows every pain that you're maybe experiencing right now in this time in your life. And I want you to know that Jesus cares for you. He reaches out to you. He loves you. Don't ever think that he doesn't care about you. If he cared about his Mary from the cross, you can be sure that he cares about you today. Why don't you tell the person next to you, Jesus really cares about you. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. By the way, they say the best way to handle suffering you ever heard this? Reach out to other people. Mm. Shut the door. They say, shut the door, cross the road and find someone in need. And that's gonna help you to deal with your own uh, struggle in your own heart because you actually end up reaping what you sow. As you pour out to others, God will pour in to you. Amen. Okay, the next one. Matthew 40, 27 verse 46. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is amazing. This is really amazing. They say that from midnight till three, from midday to 3 p.m., darkness covered the land as Jesus was crucified. You can imagine being there, eh? The soldiers, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all in the world that gross darkness covered the land. The blackest darkness that you could uh, ever th- imagine. I, I, rec- I reckon the people would have been terrified. They must have been wondering what on earth is going on. And I want to suggest that maybe this was a reflection of the, the deepest darkness that Jesus himself was facing as he, for the first time in his entire life, he is forsaken by God. And so the, the, the darkness that clothes over him is so intense, it's so unbelievably dark and distressing that it's reflected in, in my suggestion in darkness covering the earth for three hours. I wanna suggest to you today that no matter what darkness you are facing today, no matter how deep it gets, Jesus identifies with you. Jesus understands what you're going through because He has been there Himself. Don't ever think Jesus does not understand. Don't ever think Jesus does not care. He's been there. None of us will ever face the the level of darkness that Jesus went through when He was suffering for our sins upon the cross. And you know, we might go through darkness for many different reasons, but He went through the deepest, grossest, most terrible darkness, and He did it just for you. Just for you. As an individual, He did it for you and He did it for me. Wow, that really impacts me. It also tells me 
Jesus got through the darkness triumphantly. The message of Easter for you today is you also can get through your darkness triumphantly and victoriously because Jesus was the first, the forerunner. He was the model. He was the example that we might follow after. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 puts it this way. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The father turned away from looking upon Jesus because a holy God could not look upon sin, could not look upon your sin because that was on the cross, could not look upon my sin. So God turned away from Jesus and Jesus had to bear the sin of the world alone, totally alone. For the first time, he felt the horror of separation from the Father. And he did it for you. And he did it for you. And so in his agony, he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But do you know want to know something? Because Jesus said that, you will never need to say it. Because God will never forsake you. Jesus has taken that, it's never gonna happen to you in your life. But even in his darkest, most desperate hour, we find that Jesus prayed. He keeps the faith, of course he does. In your midnight hour, can I encourage you to be like Jesus? Keep praying, keep your faith, keep trusting in God, day after day, month after month, year after year, keep praying, keep believing, keep trusting, keep reaching out, keep looking to Jesus. As Jody shared that message, fight through the night. Come on, fight through the night. One night, two nights, three nights, a year, a decade, two decades, three decades. Fight through the night. Keep on fighting because eventually God will get you three. Get you three. Never give up. Never quit. Never back away. Never take a step backwards in following God, serving God. Never go and, you know, people, I often find when people start struggling, they start stepping back. They start stepping back. They start stepping back. They sit further and further back. It's often something I've just seen happen over the years. Friends, never take a step backwards. Always move forward in Jesus' name. Never quit. You know why? There's no valley too deep that God can't get you through. There's no mountain too high that you cannot climb over with God's help. There's no giant too strong that you can't defeat with the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in your life. So never give up, never quit. Keep praying, keep believing, keep getting to church and maybe most of all, keep your heart right. Uh Uh-huh. Keep your heart right. I've been in this game a long time, folks, and I've found one of the biggest challenges believers face is keeping their heart right at all times, that they can always say, I'm right with God, I'm right with man. There's no bitterness, no unforgiveness, no resentment, no grudges in my life. That's one of the greatest challenges, and Jesus, of course, models that perfectly for us. You know people who fall away from God, I've tragically seen this so many times. They do so much damage in their lives. And the journey back, I've watched it 
can be so hurtful, so painful, and so challenging. Can I encourage you, never turn away from God. Never go backwards from God. But if you have, that's okay as well, because God still loves you. God still reaches out to you. His blood has never lost its power. You can come back, if that is you today, you can come back to Jesus today, and he's ready to receive you with open arms, and he can sort out all the things that have gone wrong in your place. He can, in fact, he can restore what the enemy has stolen. We sing it, don't we? I went to the enemy's camp. I'm trying to be a David Hall right now, but no one is following me. No one's following, they all followed David because he was a keyboard, they all followed David Hall and Russell Evans, but no one's following me. But anyway, I'm not gonna back away. So I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. So I really wanna go with this, but I'm just not confident enough for that right now. But I'd love to, I went on to, oh, I went to, no, 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 forget it, forget it. <laughs> I went to the end of, no, no, don't try. Don't, re- I'm bar- this is going online. It's going around the world. Stop it now, Jesus' name. There's a lot in that though. No matter what he's stolen from you, you can get it back. So that's the resurrection power. We go down to the enemy's camp. He's under my feet. He's under your feet. He's under our feet. Jesus. Where was Gareth when I needed him? Hey, where were you when I needed you, man? They could have lifted this service to a whole new dimension. People would have been on their feet and shouting. Come on, Gareth, come up here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, let's stand, let's stand. Let's, let's go down. Have we got a singer or two in the house? Let's go down to the enemy's camp. Take Matty and Waddy. Come on, team. Quick. Go, go. Oh, I went to the enemy's I went to camp. The enemy's camp. Good. And I took back what he stole from me. Yeah. I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Hold on a second. Look, the enemy's stolen some stuff from you. It's just not a song to sing. I'm not copying David Hall either, by the way. I wouldn't dare. But come on, take back what he's stolen. He's under your feet. Let's go one more time. Thanks, Steve. So I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. Yeah. 
seat. I'm going to get through the next part very quickly. It's not David Hall's domain. He hasn't known it. Did you know that in New Zealand's biggest church many years ago, I was one of their song leaders. I was. Church is no more, but anyway, it's beside. Let me do up the shoelace. I got a bit too excited there. When John Wesley, the great reformer, died. His last words were, the best of all is this, God is with us. Whatever extremity you find yourself in, God will be with you and at your side. But it wasn't like that for Jesus. In His greatest extremity, God was not there. Jesus went to the place of separation. Listen carefully. So we need never be separated from God. Jesus went to the place of separation that you and I need never be separated from God. Emmanuel, God with us. Today, He's with you. Whatever you're thinking, you may not feel His nearness, but He's with you. Then the fifth statement was, I thirst. John 19, 28, Jesus, knowing all things were now accomplished, that Scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Execution by crucifixion was a long, drawn-out death that caused a terrible, terrible thirst. But because Jesus thirsted, you and I can drink freely of the satisfying water of life. You know, there's a deep thirst within all of us, every human being. And so we see the world in search of satisfying this thirst. So going to drugs and violence and sex and multiple relationships and alcohol and you name it. You know, success or a career, you know, being significant in the eyes of people, all of that stuff, friends. It's trying to satisfy, you know, this deep inner thirst within us. But there's only one person who can satisfy the deepest longings of your heart, the deepest thirst that you have. And His name is? He's the cup that won't run dry. He was there for to fulfil every thirst that is found in your heart. Jesus can satisfy. We've been saying it recently, Joel Holm brought it out. Well, I brought it out after he preached it. But Jesus plus nothing is everything I need. Jesus plus nothing is everything I need. If your eye is on something else you need, it means you need to get closer to Jesus so that Jesus will be all that you need. He'll fulfill and satisfy you every part of your being. Jesus is God Himself. Jesus plus nothing is everything I need. They say, were the tomb full, our lives would be empty. But the tomb was empty. So our lives can be full. The announcement to follow. See, Jesus was human. 
He's always God, always remained God, but he became human. And so he had suffering. He got tired, he got hungry, all that sort of, but he also got thirsty. So I said, I thirst. He needed to drink now because he was about to, about to make a statement. The sixth saying of Jesus on the cross that had to be heard with a loud voice for all humanity, for all time. This statement needed to be heard. And in these few words, it is finished. Jesus is the great all-time finisher. What He starts, He finishes. We live in a day where people start, but they can't finish. <laughs> they hit a roadblock, so they quit, they give up. Friends, we need to follow the example of Jesus and be finishers. And you know, we have a society, there's an epidemic that when it gets hard, run. No, I say when it gets hard, stay, fight, work your way through, don't run. Jesus knows how to finish. He could have quit at any time on the journey, but He didn't. He went all the way to the end. Three, uh, three Gospel writers say He died with a great shout. It is finished means not just finished as ended, but it means completed. Everything was done. The job was done. He didn't say, I am finished. No, no, no. It is finished. This was not some cry of a defeated martyr, you know, falling and submitting to the powers of darkness. No, he had fought the greatest battle of his life and he had overcome the powers of darkness. And when he said it is finished, he means he had defeated the enemy. He had risen, he was going to rise from the dead. He said everything needed to be done was done. It was a, it was a shout of a victor, not of a loser. It was a shout of one triumphant, not one who was being defeated. But also, not far away, from where Jesus was being crucified um, in the temple. They were making it, it was, it was the start of the Passover. And so there were lambs were being sacrificed for the sins of God's people. What being finished also meant that the whole Old Testament system of sacrifices for thousands of years, no more animals would need to be sacrificed to cover for sins. For thousands of years, that sacrificed animals, blood had flown through, uh, through Israel for, for decades, for centuries. Thousands of years. But Jesus said, it's finished. No more blood sacrifices of animals because the blood sacrifice of the one and only Son of God has covered for the sins of mankind from the beginning of time to the end of time. It is finished, it is done, it is over. I've completed the task. I am the Saviour of mankind. I am the Saviour of humanity. It is finished. Wow, I wanna get to my end of my life and say, God, it is finished. I did what You called me to do. I fulfilled calling, I fulfilled destiny. I fulfilled my assignment. It is finished. The last saying, Luke 23 verse 46. Father, into Your hands I commit my spirit. It's a great statement. No one else ever died like this. He was the only one. See, Jesus' life didn't just ebb away until there was nothing left. Because He said in John 10, verse 18, no one takes it from me. No one could take Jesus' life. He said, I lay it down of my own accord. 
Jesus gave up his spirit. And in Psalm 31 verse 5, David said, into your hands I commit my spirit. It's a great statement, folks. David is in serious trouble. He's struggling. He's battling. And he says, into your hands I commit my spirit. To keep it right with you, God. I commit my spirit to you that no bitterness will ever get in. No resentment, no grudges, no unforgiveness. Encourage us all. Commit your spirit to God. Because your spirit, eternal spirit, that God would watch over it and help you to protect it. Above all else, guard your heart, the Bible says. And so Jesus committed his spirit to God. And he came through a great victor. The seven last sayings of Jesus on the cross. Covered on Tuesday, Monday, Friday. <laughs> I should get that right, shouldn't I? Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. There is forgiveness for all mankind at the cross. There's forgiveness for you. Secondly, today you will be with me in paradise. It speaks about salvation. When we pass from this life, we go to, forgiven our lives to Jesus, we go to heaven to be with Jesus forever. Today, when you pass from this life, heaven waits for you. Then we saw this morning, dear woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. There is love and provision for us at the cross. God looks after us, He takes care of us. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because Jesus went through separation from God, we will never have to face that. Emmanuel, God with us. He's with you right now. He's at your side. He cares for you deeply. This is the Jesus we celebrate today. Then he said, I thirst. I really like this one. Jesus thirsted so that we could drink of the water of life and be satisfied in the depths of our beings. Jesus plus nothing is everything I need. He is more than enough. He's the cup that won't run dry. And then, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Encourage you to commit your spirit, commit your heart. Give it to God to look after, to watch over. It's the most precious thing you own is your heart. Condition of your heart is everything. Guard it, watch over it, commit it into the hands of God. But Jesus' death was not quite the end, was it? The Jesus film was shown in a church in Bangladesh. It was packed out, it was crowded. When the crucifixion scene came, there were sounds, shouts of you know, gasps and shock and weeping as the, court, the crowd was caught up in the agony of Jesus on the cross. There's a young man and a young boy in the crowd and he yells out, don't be afraid. He gets up again. I saw it before. 
death could not hold him down. He is Jesus. He is risen. And He is the Saviour of the world. And today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus for you and for me. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen.